Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Hey, I'm Chris Manning here from Locked on Cavs. Evan's with me as well, but it's a crossover with the great podcast from up north. It's Locked on Raptors, Sean Woodley. Sean, what's up, buddy? How are you? Oh, you know, I'm just wading through the waters of draft season in a way I never have before. Like they had the ninth pick from the Knicks uh, via the Andrea Bargnani trade back in 2016, which was fun, but also that draft stunk. And so it wasn't like, it was like deemed to be like an eight person draft, one of whom was Marquise Chris. And so, yeah, it it was, it's a little bit different. It hits a little different this year with the fourth pick moving up in the lottery and all it's uh, it's, it's been fun. I haven't really had to dive into these waters all that much. It's good for you. It's good for you, Evan. No, Evan, (laughs) Evan, Evan, go ahead. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I was starting to sink my teeth into some, mid lottery prospects to late lottery prospects just based on how cleveland was overachieving towards the end of the season but came crashing back down to earth but it's it's nice being with the third pick for cleveland um i other than k this is the most ideal scenario because you get the best player available between green and mobley and then hey Toronto's going to do pretty well Suggs or whoever else they take because I have full faith in that front office of their talent evaluation. <laughs> yeah, the nice thing, as I've sort of noted on my own podcast, it's pretty cool that the Raptors are picking behind two teams that I don't know if you necessarily trust to make the right pick. This is not uh, Cavaliers uh, slant. Uh, yeah, it kind of is, um, but uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, the Raptors front office is very good at this. They finally get to get their hands on like a top of the draft level talent. And they're also probably going to get, you know, they don't have to make the decision. They let the Rockets and the Cavs make the decision as to who to take two, three. And then they just take whoever falls to four or they reach for like Jonathan Kaminga and turn him into uh, a super duper star or something like that that's totally on the table as well i would think but yeah it's it's not a bad spot to be in to be sure i'm just so the raptors are just such a fun pick in this draft but we're, we're not here to talk about the draft we're gonna talk about jared allen and sean is a longtime jared allen supporter fan admirer mm-hmm. i don't know what the right yeah. word i want to use here is but jared allen's had an restricted free agency as people of this pod probably know by now uh, the Raptors are one of the teams that have the financial flexibility to make a real effort to sign him to an offer sheet if they so choose. Sean, before we dive into why you like him so much, why we all think he's a good sort of what what, what numbers could kind of make sense for him. Do you think do you think he is someone that you think Toronto reasonably could pursue in the summer? 
Yeah, I think so. I don't see why not. You know, it totally depends on what happens with Kyle Lowry. And that's sort of the first domino for the Raptors offseason in a lot of ways. And maybe the the draft will kind of dictate what happens with Lowry as well, uh, depending on who they get it for. But yeah, it's something that I think a lot of Raptors fans have talked about basically all year watching Aaron Baines play center for them. <laughs> it was a nightmare and it was like, oh, well, okay. They, they had all this cap space lined up for a uh, pursuit of Giannis this summer. Obviously that's not going to work out, but now they still have that cap space, which has a ton of value and they can maybe go out and get their guy to come in and play center. And, and you know, it's complicated a little bit by the fact that Ken Birch came in at the end of the year and was like legitimately fantastic and kind of made a bit of a claim to the starting center job next year. I think you'd still rather Ken Birch be your backup and be a very, very good backup. But, you know, I don't think they're pressured to make some sort of silly decision. I don't think they're going to go out and say, all right, Jared Allen, here's $30 million a year. Let's go. They're not really... They don't have that much money, but also they're not going to be compelled to overpay to fill a need because they can probably get by to start next year with Ken Birch if they really, really had to as they're starting five, and then they can kind of figure it out from there. Um, so, yeah, I think it totally... If Lowry walks, I mean, the Raptors have a ton of cap space if Lowry walks and they renounce a couple guys. Baines, Hood, I think it's 17 million bucks between the two of those guys. Cavs legend Rodney Hood, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> those are you know, two big contracts. They only have four guys technically on the books for next season. As of right now, they have some guys who they'll probably pick up Chris Boucher, for example. I don't think they're going to turn down his 7 million bucks after the season that he just had, but you know, it's just OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and Alakai Flynn, who they have on the books for sure next season. So there's lots of flexibility, lots of ways their roster can go. Obviously, they have to worry about Gary Trent Jr., another restricted free agent, which I'm sure they'll get done and won't be too much of a concern. But it's, uh, yeah, it, it's a absolute avenue they could go this summer if Lowry walks and they have that cap space to play with and they maybe take a guard in the draft and then they're like, okay, well, we got a Fred Van Vliet, Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent Jr., Jalen Suggs or whoever uh, backcourt. Maybe we address the center with this money that we have. You mentioned Chris, Chris Boucher and you also mentioned Ken Birch as well. Do you think, well, I guess in your opinion, you say you could offer Jared Allen this money and like you were saving it for Giannis, like you shared, but at the same time, do you think the Raptors at this point, if they let Kyle Lowry walk, they have a pretty good young nucleus. Do you think they maintain that financial flexibility and wait for something to happen and then they pursue it? Or do you think they just throw all their chips at the on the table and go after Jared Allen. And you mentioned 30 million. I don't think Chris and I would pay Jared that much money, but if that's the offer sheet, <laughs> Lord, he's Lord, easily Lord, a Raptor. No, Lord, no. And I don't even think the Raptors are, I would be shocked oh, if, no. the Rap, if any team goes that high, but I'm yeah, just saying I, I would be shocked too. That, that was just a, you know, a no, fake I, number. I, I threw no, him, you're but, totally yeah. fine, but 30 like, million yeah. Canadian. <laughs> yeah that, that might actually come out to exactly what jared allen will earn yeah uh, <laughs> That's 80 it's the, the secret little uh, recruiting tool that never gets talked about it's how much further american money goes in canada uh that should be like the number one thing you know oh there's no taxes in florida or texas yeah guess what uh your money goes like twice as far here because our dollar sucks uh you come play in canada for and spend all your american money here um but anyway that's besides the point yeah it, it's um I don't know 
if Jared Allen will be their number one choice, honestly, like I think, yeah. you know, Rashawn Holmes has been kind of thrown out there as, as a guy who, you know, maybe they would pursue for me. My dream is John Collins. If the Hawks find a little bit too rich for their blood to bring him back and, you know, they'd be stupid not to bring him back. He's awesome. He was like their second best player in the playoffs, but the, this the I, stuff he was doing in the post-ups uh, late yeah. against the Bucks was just like really, 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 really impressive. Like oh, yeah. he made yeah, post-ups he like worth doing. Yeah. Yeah, he's really, really good. And, you know, I guess maybe the emergence of like Onyeka Okongwu maybe says, okay, maybe we can just not pay John Collins and lock ourselves into that money and we can, you know, move Okongwu along. And we got DeAndre Hunter can play the four and we got Capella and we can kind of go forward and not lose too much. That would be stupid. They should bring John Collins back. But if they don't and the Raptors want to go in, that's my number one. Choice, gotcha. uh, you know, if, if they wanted to throw him twenty-five million a year, I would not care. I think that would be great. Uh, you know, the idea of like a positionless OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, John Collins front court is awesome, but again, I don't think that's going to be available because the Hawks mm-hmm. should bring him back. And so, yeah, Allen becomes you know the second or third option behind Collins, and you know Holmes is in there too. I'd probably take Allen over Holmes if I'm being honest, but it's uh, it's certainly something I think they could talk themselves into throwing their money at because you know the way this team's going to improve is not through free agency like not the ways the way they're going to improve into title contention is not through free agency this is a team that seems to be sort of biding its time and waiting to pull another big trade like they did with Kawhi and waiting to capitalize there and so you know, you get Jared Allen on in a reasonable contract. You have OG Ananobi, who's already on an amazing contract. Fred Van Vliet's on a good deal. Pascal Siakam's on a max deal, but I think that's probably neutral value right now. He was really good this year. It was kind of slept on. Um, you know, they're kind of lining themselves up, and then you throw in a Gary Trent contract as well. They got a lot of those sort of mid-sized contracts of good players to potentially throw into a deal. And if you throw Jared Allen into that mix as well, then you're just kind of adding to your coffers. And so, yeah, it, it, Yes, it's nice to kind of keep flexibility and it has its utility and, you know, maybe they could take on some bad contracts or whatever, but I don't think they're really in a place where they want to do that. I think they want to compete. I think they want to get back to normal play in Toronto next season and, um, you know, kind of regain the consistency they've had that was sort of dashed by the Tampa season. And so I don't think they'll hold off on that cap space if they do have it. I think, you know, if Lowry comes back, they don't have it anyway, but if he walks or they sign and trade him somewhere else, then I could totally see Jared Allen being, uh, you know, pretty close to the top of the potential targets in restricted free agency, at least. Yeah. Well, just as a note, before we go into break here, uh, number one, I think Holmes, I would just assume he's cheaper than Allen just because he's a little older. I don't think they're the same kind of room protector. So that's like a definitely yeah. concern there too. Here's the, so the, here are the cap space teams in terms of the top five teams. Um, that according to the spy rack, one of the projected cap space, the Knicks are number one at 51 million. The Spurs are number two at $48 million, almost $49 million. Basically the Thunder Sean's favorite franchise in the world, $37 million. <laughs> Dallas Mavericks, Dirt $34 franchise. million. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Dallas Mavericks, $34 million. And then Toronto comes in at fifth um, at 20, just a shade over $23 million. So, if they wanted to go Allen and it'd be like $20 million like that, I mean, you could move some stuff around. I'm sure kind of create a little more room if you needed to, but like 23 is like, I mean, you could go 20 and that kind of caps you out in a lot of ways. So it'd be interesting to see how they pursue that because like how much do you want to spend and all that stuff is, is a more a detailed question than Sean. And I'm sure we'll address the locked Raptors later in the summer, but guys, we're going to, we're going to name a locked, um, a Michelob ultra player of the week now. And we're going to go deep into the shared history of the Cavs and the Raptors. And uh, Sean, why don't you tell everyone who our, our player of the week is? 
Our player of the week this week through Michelob Ultra is a man who uh, you might not know, but led the Toronto Raptors in win shares during the 2003-2004 season. A season, he only played 66 games in Toronto, uh, in which he only played 66 games. He had 16 points, 11 boards. He shot 40% from three on four and a half attempts. This is a man who would have been paid handsomely had he played in a slightly later era of the NBA. Is Daniel Marshall, baby. Uh, you guys, I can't remember. Was Danielle sort of derided as one of like the bad teammates on those LeBron teams? Or was he kind of like, oh, yeah, that guy, at least you can kind of go to war with him. And maybe he's not awesome because he's 33 at this point. But he was, uh, you know, passable as like a reserve big. I think passable is a good way to put it. Um, he okay. was on that finals team that made it and they were slept by San Antonio and that was a feat on LeBron's part and unseen by anybody else. But yeah, Daniel Marshall wasn't bad. Is he him? Drew Gooden, Drew Gooden, Sasha Pavlovic, Anderson Vergel, um, Scott Pollard was on that bench too. Um, yeah. it, there's a collection of just myth misfits and cast offs that LeBron and somehow made work. And Mike Brown somehow made into a top defense. And look, Daniel Marshall salute to him, had a long career. 1994 entered the league, doesn't retire until 2009. And essentially, secret coach. weapon. I think all internet nicknames that we see like on B Best Reference are like fake and all dumb. It's just like I just don't know who's like calling. I've never once heard Daniel Marshall called Secret Weapon up until now. Um, also was a <laughs> also was a coach that plays that he was an assistant coach at Ryder, an assistant coach at Buffalo, uh, for the main Red Claws and at George Washington, and up until this past year was the head coach at Central Connecticut. So, you know, uh, you know, they he was mutually agreed to part ways, uh, whatever whatever you know that means, but Fun NBA career. Um, I he I, he was at the center of the LeBron discourse as well, um, where mm. LeBron passed to him in the corner when he got double teamed to the rim. This may have happened against the Raptors actually, and he <laughs> took a three and uh, missed it. But like the, the 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 takes the next day were like LeBron shouldn't have passed, Kobe wouldn't have passed, hey, Michael Chris. wouldn't have passed. Oh, cool, yeah, you gotta Chuck, love that, Chuck. Chuck, that's the good you, stuff. You know, you know a take I have. Michelob Ultra is like one of the best beers ever, and it's only worth it if you enjoy it. <laughs> 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. And remember, joy creates success. Enjoyment is the end game. It's the whole game. Thanks again to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the show. This week on Road to the Finals, your NBA Finals coverage, which primarily Locked On Suns, Locked On Bucks, please go check that out, is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Again, check out Locked On Suns and Locked On Bucks. That's where your great finals coverage is going to be. And uh, I'm taking Suns in six. I don't know if you guys have off the top predictions real quick, but I'm going Suns in six. Suns in six. Suns in five. Suns in five. Sean Woodley with the heat. With the heat. The prophecy needs to be fulfilled. Bucks and six. Is it really that? Uh, is it really well, that? It, it, like, all depend, take? it all depends. Giannis's knee yeah, is it's all goo. about the knee. Like, yeah, all about oh. the knee. Anyway, Sean, Evan and I have a take on Jared Allen that he. I think he's good enough at the very least. Not all Evan can can answer as well. I don't want to speak for Chip over there, but he. Uh, Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate that. You know, problem, Chip. Um, <laughs> I I think he's good enough to pay. There's a line of center that I would not commit like substantial money to, right? Like you don't want right. to you don't want to be the team that's like Aaron Baines, fifteen million dollars. Let's ride, baby. Or like give like Tyler Zeller a bunch of money or Cody Zeller, excuse me, the better Zeller, but a bunch of money this summer. 
Jared Allen is 23. He's at the right age where you're still expecting to improve. He blocks a lot of shots, doesn't foul a lot despite trying to block everything. Yes, there's a limited offensive game, but you're, I think you hope he can add a little passing, get more comfortable in DHOs. Maybe he's going to take some occasional three-pointer. Like there, There's some room for him to grow on the offensive end, and I think he's already really, really good defensively. I think he's worth paying like 18 to 20. I don't really think that's like a crazy mm-hmm. number. Now, if you get into like the mid twenties and I'm a little like, okay, like I, I, you know, this is like a little much, um, but I think he's like worth that kind of contract. I don't really see an issue with that. Yeah. I, I think Jared Allen's really good. And I think we're seeing, you know, the fog of the warriors kind of ruining centers for a while. There seems to be lifting. And, you know, I don't think it's like taboo now to pay a center good money. And we saw last year what the Raptors did with horrible center play. They were a nightmare. They had no finishing around the basket, which Jared Allen provides. He's a 61% shooter uh, overall in his career, 63% on twos in his career. He's really good. And the defensive side of the ball as well is super important. You know, the Raptors had no rim protection last season. Aaron Baines couldn't jump. Uh, they played small a ton and it, you know, maybe overburdened OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam to do so, even though that was when the Raptors were at their very best. Having a dude who can just kind of go back there, you know, play a drop coverage, maybe kind of range out to the perimeter a little bit when you need it most. You know, I would say he's probably like, you know, we saw Brooke Lopez like switching in the last series in the in the conference finals. You know, I would say Jared Allen's a little bit more limber I, I, and spry. I think he than can Brooke I, Lopez. Yeah, I think he can switch. And I also I was going back and watching film from this past year before we did this pod and was like I, in my head, I thought the Cavs were playing like a very straight up kind of drop scheme all the time. And they're playing a lot of drop like they're it's pretty conservative for a pretty young team that had a lot of injuries. But like it wasn't just drop where he was filing all the way back and letting guys come in him like he would come up and get close to the pick and, and try to play the passing lanes. Yeah. And like he's not he's got even the, the one of the things that I think has happened in these playoffs is like I think some people have come to realize that there is like nuance to drop. And yes, like drop so will get picked on and stuff with your bigs like there are limits mm-hmm. to it but like there are variations of drop you can play and i think Allen is capable of doing that yeah and i think he can play like a few different systems and the thing with the raptors defensive system which i'm kind of hoping nick nurse tweaks a little bit because it is so over aggressive and it does really require everybody on the floor to be really good and smart at defense um you know if you have jared allen there he can kind of be that back line that the raptors defense needs i mean they close out so freaking hard and they make shooters see ghosts but when they fly by a shooter there's usually a pretty open you know lane to the basket and not having a good rim protector at the rim just kind of you have nothing to mop up where your over aggressive uh, system kind of you know has those leaks and I think Jared Allen could kind of provide that while also being someone who could you know range out you know send doubles towards bigs in pick and roll send doubles towards uh, ball handlers and pick and rolls and kind of manage and track back. You know, it, it does seem like a pretty good fit. It's why I like the fit more than Rashawn Holmes. I know Holmes wasn't necessarily the culprit for the Kings being the worst defensive team in like literal history this year, but he didn't help. And I don't think Jared Allen is going to be the backstop of like an all time bad defense. I think he has a chance to be a pretty damn good defender and, you know, kind of drive a good defensive team and be that sort of backstop for a team like the Raptors that desperately needed one last year after having basically 48 minutes of really good defensive center play between Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka a couple of years prior. It's funny you mentioned the Kings and how Richon Holmes does, didn't really do a lot to raise their ceiling defensively because Jared Allen really was the answer for Cleveland because they were 
I mean, Chris can attest to this. They were a try-hard defensive team to early and early into the season, and then the wheels fell off the wagon, and we realized they aren't a good defensive team still. And Jared Allen kind of well, this is also unfortunately led to people thinking that Andre Drummond has like a positive impact in NBA defense, which is just like <laughs> no, no. Hey man, I figure like nine years later we would learn, but I guess not. I'm, I'm just extremely excited for him to get like more money than Rashawn Holmes this summer, and just be like, you people are not as smart as you think. Chris, it's the I'm going to follow on to Drummond's strategy. You're my Anthony Davis. When you go on to the Lakers podcast, you'll bring me with you eventually. And but I'll also, bring nothing also, of value to the table. But I'll Evan, I, I still checks. have that photo that you remember that the um, for follow along and like for content and like and life advice. I'm like, Andre, you just really just want to be an influencer. I, I get it. But like, yeah, no, I've had agents what and um, executives tell me that the fact that he kind of treats basketball like a job and he'd rather be doing extracurriculars. Uh, that's beyond the point. We don't need to talk about the evils of Andre Drummond because Sean dodged that bullet in a great way. But um, <laughs> I tried to like bully him in yeah, that talk- a dark time I, yeah. when we had that podcast and I was yeah. contemplating it. That was, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> deep in the throes of basketball depression and seasonal affective disorder. It yes, was rough. Yes, yes. I, I totally <laughs> believe that. But back to my point, Jared Allen really is a good backstop to that because I think he, if you looked at his advanced metrics and some of his numbers, they don't look great because this is a pretty bad defensive Cavs team overall. You know, having to cover for two small guards and Kevin Love is no easy task. And Isaac Okoro handled himself well, but Jared Allen really is a good backstop for that because, like you said, if you plopped him on an elite defensive team, like if Toronto tweaks things or yeah, Utah is the, obviously the, the apex of this discussion here. If you put Jared Allen there, like yeah. he'd perform so well and make that team look so much better. And I really agree with that point. And I think that's going to be part of the negotiating tactics and free agency for him to say like, okay, like you said before, the Warriors did make centers feel obsolete, but I think there is a bit of resurgence, especially with playmaking big men now being like a feature of NBA offenses. But Jared Allen does have an archetype in this league. And I think he has Mm -hmm. a position in this league. And like you said, the defensive prowess, the rebounding, the fact that he isn't a ball dominant, big, like an Andre Drummond, um, (laughs) he's going to have value. And I think we're all in agreement about what that value is. Cause like I said, like Chris said, he could speak on my behalf. I think 20, 25 million is about what Jared should be asking for. And I think it's what he could get from Cleveland. Cause it's a bad team. Or if you go with a good team, you maybe go a little bit lower. 20, 25 is a little steep for me personally. <sighs> well, that's yeah. I think for me, like anywhere between like 18 and 22 feels like yeah. kind of the sweet spot. Okay. Which is why the Raptors are kind of in the running and could potentially be a threat. Um, well, if you do, the, I do want to kind of get into Canadian conversion as well, though. That's 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 the <laughs> sneaky tactic. So for those listening, twenty-two million in Canadian dollars is I also just like point six million in U.S. dollars. Yeah, so. maybe maybe we Miles should do ahead. one more break. Yeah, maybe we should do one more breaker. But I also just think. Uh, I also feel like Masai is probably a pretty good guy. Like if you get you get like I know the Pat Riley. It's all about like the Pat Riley slams his rings on the table and talks about like heat culture and whatever. But like I feel like Masai is probably pretty good at talking to players. Yeah, instead yeah. of rings, it's like uh, one of Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet's paychecks. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we can make you very very good at basketball. We promise. Uh, here's the proof. And yeah, I mean that's the other thing too with Jared Allen. I mean he shot like 23s this year. I don't know what that means, but he was 31%. Maybe, just maybe, 
they uh, unleash him there a little bit too, if they could get him in their system where they seem to fix people's shots all the time. Um, I do want to get into the actual likelihood that Jared Allen will come loose from the Cavs. And I guess it's very much tied to what happens in the draft as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, we should uh, tell everyone about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. You got baseball season in full swing. If you want to go bet on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. winning the home run race, don't because Shohei Otani is probably going to do it. But either way, you can go do that if you want to. You might get good odds. Uh, of course, you all also got odds and info for all your other sporting needs, including the NBA playoffs, the finals, the Stanley Cup finals, and the NHL are just about finished, but you can go bet on those still as well. Uh, you got UFC, MMA, a whole bunch more. Before the next pitch, face-off, tip-off, whatever it is to begin the sporting event of your choosing, go to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to and through the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Man, that is a, that's a tough ad read to follow. But this episode of Locked On Cavs and Locked On Raptors is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouses happen to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money while using Rock Auto. You can save up to why spend up 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business and their prices are reliably low for every customer and they've been helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. If you're a regular listener, you know my car's AC unit died mid-summer last year and it was going to cost me about two grand. But thanks to Rock Auto, I saved about four or five hundred bucks and I was so much happier for Excite AC all summer long. Go explore their easy to website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs like I did. And that's I mean, the way to do that is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in your in there. How did you hear about us, box? They know that we sent you. Making selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. All right, let's finish up here, guys. So I think Jajiran Allen is very likely coming back to Cleveland, where I think it mm-hmm. gets interesting for him, for other teams. He's the he restricted for agency has not been like a thing in recent years. Um, it just no, I, not I, at all. Like is the Chandler fear mongering drives me insane. Yes, like the Raptors yeah. got Gary Trent and it was like, but he's an RFA, and it's like, when was the last time uh, that ever mattered? Was it like Chandler Parsons the last one? Ugh. Like the two plus one, right? the yeah. two plus one thing he signed that was like va- like a just basically just like a extremely player friendly deal, and then Houston was like, nah, bro, and then he went to Dallas and it all imploded from there. I guess Alan Crabb was pretty recently as well. Uh, the, that well, the, well. The Nets did that that Alan Crabb, Tyler Johnson stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. In their face. Well, and Tyler Johnson's back on a minimum, weirdly. But I think he likely comes back. Now, I do think he, it'd be interesting to see if a team like Toronto, like the moment they can, or like maybe, they, maybe they're not the right team in this exercise just because of the lottery stuff you mentioned and having to figure that out first for, for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But like, would like Dallas come in and offer like a very player friendly contract right away to kind of pair him with Luca? Like, it, there's like stuff you could do, and then Cleveland like has to. I don't, I don't really unless the number is so high, I can't see them not matching. 
But if I'm them, I'm trying to do this like the moment you can do it. I don't I think uh, I saw Travis Schlenk like gave a date for John Collins. The first day they can talk is like August 2nd or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But the moment you can. And I know there's like obviously stuff before that. They just won't do it, you know, out in the open, blah, blah, blah. I do think I'm trying to like lock him up before just to, to eliminate the risk of, um, you know, Dallas, Toronto, someone else coming in and, and giving him that sure. plus one. What so what happens in the draft then if Evan Mobley falls there to three? Go. You know, I made this point on my podcast. Like, I don't think Evan Mobley's getting to the Raptors at four as much as that would be very, very thrilling. Um, it just feels like he's too good and the Cavs or Rockets should definitely take him. But, you know, and, and the other point I made is like, just because you have Jared Allen doesn't mean you don't take Evan Mobley. Like, that's a silly way to operate your team. But is there a chance that they say, okay, well, we have... Evan Mobley may be coming in here and we want to sort of foster his development. We want to have him grow. We want to, you know, make sure he's getting all the reps he needs. We don't want to put him out of position at at the four, just because we have Jared Allen. Do you think they could sort of talk themselves into letting Allen walk and then doing the Evan Mobley thing? And, you know, just kind of going forward with Mobley, Okoro, Sexton, Garland, you know, insert whoever else going forward. Like, is that a possibility or, does Allen's fate not really matter? Like, is it not tied at all to who they take in the draft? Mm, like you said, the Cavs cannot be too. I'm firmly in this stance. They, it's the same school of thought with Jalen Green as well. Like, you cannot ignore Jalen Green just because you have Colin Sexton or Darius Garland on your roster, and you cannot ignore Evan Mobley if you have Jared Allen and Larry Nance Jr. and possibly Kevin Love until you either trade him or buy him out on your roster. You cannot let a player at this position deter you from taking them. You take best player available. And that, that was going to be my question for Chris as well, is if you take Evan Mobley at third overall for Cleveland, does that kind of change the calculus of things where do you want to slap an extension on Jared or do you want to try and convince him to come back on the qualifying offer and then he plays it out and, and then enters free agency next offseason or Cleveland finds more tenable trade trade him to a new destination if he wants to or they try to work with him a little bit i think that opens up more avenues if evan mobley becomes a cavalier because i don't know if they view him as a five right away but i think long term he could play the five for them or most teams in the league and it changes things a lot and i think the Cavs then have a very valuable trade asset in jared allen but the Cavs have had a lot of valuable trade assets and they haven't done much with it but i think that really gives kobe Altman something to do and to Chris's point, they also don't have to rush things and they could sign into an extension still on top of if they believe a Mobley and Allen front court is the future for them. I don't like the fit necessarily right away, but it could work out. But I would be entertaining trade calls then for Jarrett if Evan Mobley was a Cavalier. I personally am not rushing it. And I the, the more people I've talked to, scouts in the league, draft folks on Twitter, like some of our own lockdown experts, they think Mobley and Allen can play together. And I think you at least got to try it. You're not like good enough to be like, well, if we can exchange Jared Allen for like X piece over here, then we're gonna like get to the certain spot because Evan's that good. Like I, he might be that good, and it like oh, all the dra- like. Shut up, Chip. Anyway, um, <laughs> Sorry, I. Chuck. <laughs> Sean is just My like listeners are gonna have no idea what's happening. I, Sean, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. That's the thing. Um, oh, Chuck. get back on track, Chuck. Chuck. Come on, yeah, come on, Chuck. Sorry, Champ. Um. I, I think you like shouldn't like overthink this if you're Cleveland. Like I think you take Mobley, you play them together. I think like the the the, the guy you got to get rid of more than Allen if you're like going to take Mobley is Kevin Love. 
I thought you were going to say Colin Sexton and be like, oh, Chris. No, no, I'm not doing dog. that. I'm not doing that today. <laughs> um, I think Mobley, I think Mobley, bring him Mobley. You want to play him at the four. I want to see how he does the him and Alan can play together. It could be like a really like swerve and sort of push against sort of the modern construction of some of the, the, the roster building out there. And I think, but I think Kevin Love is the obstacle to that. Like just buy out Kevin Love, trade him for, for whatever. Like I, I think you can get by next year with like Mobley, Tory, and Prince and, and, Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade playing the four for you. Like you can muddle together minutes there enough with younger guys and upside guys and, and cheaper options than like Kevin Love, who's like sulking and is blocking you from getting the most Allen. And, and like you can just like make Mobley your backup center in some cases. Like it's fine. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think you could do that. And we talked about this a little bit um, in an episode coming either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on how we schedule this out. But if the Cavs who take Mobley, I don't think it more so affect, it doesn't affect Jared Allen more. So it affects Isaiah Hartenstein's future with the team, because I think Hartenstein becomes ex- expendable at that point, And the Cavs can use that money to lock up Allen and then maybe sign some wing depth as well, because it's a higher priority right. for the Cavs and they can just play Mobley as a backup five. Like you said, so- one thing I will kind of end this on is with with a team like Toronto specifically, I think there's if a, he ended up in a situation that was a little further along than Cleveland, I think that Allen immediately hits another level. Like one of the things that really pops with him from just his time in Cleveland was he's he's shooting like really well at the rim, really pretty well in the short mid. Um, last year with the with Cleveland fifty one game, seventy three percent at the rim, uh, had an effective field goal percentage of just under sixty two percent. Shot in the short mid forty four percent, which would have been a, would have been a career best. That was on one hundred and seven attempts, which is also um, a career high in that range of the floor. The the thing is that that effective field goal percentage would have been his lowest since his second year, age twenty season. And he's also was just because of the teams kind of walling off on Cleveland a little bit. Almost a quarter of his shots, according to Clean the Glass, were in that short mid range. So that's in that four to four feet to like around fourteen feet range. He was taking way more shots there and making them. Like there's potential for that to dip and him not like be mm. quite as effective because he went and he from when he was with the Nets this past year. And again, this is a super team. Whatever, eighty eight percent of his shots came at the rim with the Nets in the twelve games he played before he got traded. That dropped to sixty nine percent with with the Cavs in nineteen twenty. Seventy games played. 85% of his shots at the rim, 69% shots at the rim would have been a career low for him. So I, I think there's like a concern there. Like, is that short mid number real? Is that going to, is it, or is it going to crater and he's going to fall back? Or maybe he goes to a team like Toronto that has like Nick nurse running or straight in the offense that has all the, even if, if Kyle's not there, they have Van Vliet. Um, they have OG, like they have guys that are going to pass or he goes and plays with like Luca I think he just gets easier mm. shots and Cleveland has to figure out how I think how to get him easier shots to kind of maximize what he is in some ways. Yeah. I, I think the fit with the Raptors is intriguing just because of that. And like, they, they don't need someone to come in and like hit those mid range shots. That's like Pascal Siakam, OG Fred Van Vliet. I'm assuming Jalen Suggs, if he's the pick at four, will kind of fill some of that as well. And then you just have a bunch of dudes who have some playmaking chops who can get Jared Allen super easy shots. And they haven't really had, like a really good role threat since like Jonas Valanciunas. And even then he was underutilized in that role. It'd be a really sort of new infusion to the team that they kind of had a little bit with Ken Birch, except Ken Birch doesn't really jump and Jared Allen can. And so I I think, yeah, the the fit with the Raptors in particular, I really feel like they could maximize him. And I also think just because Pascal usually succeeds most when there isn't a big sort of 
stuck in the paint, I would imagine they'd probably test Allen out a little bit more as like a pick and pop guy and try to see if there's something there, at least early on. And then if it doesn't work, that's fine. But I think they will certainly mine that potential opportunity to sort of help the geometry of the floor in this hypothetical Raptor situation. What I just laid out, by the way, is I think my dream Raptors offseason, if John Collins isn't gettable, it's the Cavs take Mobley. They get disenchanted with the idea of Allen because they're the Cavs and don't do the smart thing. And then the Raptors take Jalen Suggs, insert Jared Allen on, a, on an offer sheet deal. And then you go into next season with, you know, Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Suggs, OG, Siakam, Allen. And then on your bench, you have like Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent, Ken Birch, Chris Boucher, unless Boucher needs to be sort of used as a cap casualty. But you know, that to me is kind of the dream off season for Toronto. And I'm glad that you guys have told me that it's very unlikely to happen. It's really kind of tempering my expectations. It's uh, it's very helpful actually. Evan, any final thoughts on that or anything else? Um, no, not too much. Uh, for those who play Fortnite, LeBron is now a skin in the game. So that's pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> Space Jam, I think, comes out next week. He's been focusing on that for a while now. Just got to shout out a Cavs legend. You know, he's living his dream in Hollywood, getting ready for retirement soon. It's great for them. But no, I am intrigued to see what Cleveland does. I am very intrigued to see what Toronto does, especially with all that money. Um, I, I am extremely envious with how run it well run and how stable that organization is. I wish the Cavs <laughs> just had a slice of that some days, but intrigued to see what they do. Um, I don't think they're going to be down and out for too long. Maybe the fourth pick is really the juice they need to get back into prominence and we'll, we'll see him back in Canada. That's I, the hope, man. I just, I need to not watch the team play in Tampa Bay again, really, really badly. It's a city of champions, man. You got the Buccaneers, the lightning are about to ruin Canada's Tampa Bay is really ruining Canadian sports for the whole country. Oh yeah. Lately. Yeah. I the know. Rays beat the blue Jays in the playoffs the, last the, year. The, yeah. The blue uh, Jays are in Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Oh, that's... Maybe not for long. It sounds like July 30th. They're aiming to come back home, which would That'd make me very, very happy. Cause I want to watch. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit uh, many, many bombs. Uh, Sean, how many locally crafted beers do you chugging the first time you see Vlad Guerrero Jr. hit a home run in person? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, it, it's really expensive at the Dome, so maybe <laughs> just one because, you know, uh, <laughs> it's $13 for a beer isn't exactly economically sound, but, no. uh, you know, I'll okay. do it ferociously no matter what. Well, look, everyone, if you want to support the show, you should listen to us consistently. Like, I know some people only maybe only listen to a podcast one or two days a week. Maybe the title grab is you hop in. But, like, if you want to get us more money, if you want to pay for Evan and I to go to Las Vegas for, for Summer League and fund that for us, or if you want Sean to yeah. drink as many $13 Chuck, beers as he can handle. see Chuck and Chet in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> be talking crap to the to to the causing nick angstead to have like anxiety attacks we do things we hate each other even though we're butts <laughs> nick if you're listening hello but anyway that's gonna be it for the slot on Cavs, lock on the raptors crossover again please download rate subscribe wherever you're getting podcasts and uh We'll be back uh, for Lockdown Cavs side. We'll have a great show with Raphael Barley, who, who just did a great episode on Lockdown Raptors that you should go check out as well. Um, a two-part gonna... episode. Oh, yeah. He's Excuse the me. best. He's the best. Yeah. Our Lockdown Draft experts, like not just Chad Ford, Raphael, Richard, killing it. Sean, anything you, hey, what's coming up on Lockdown Raptors? 
Uh, more of this type of thing, talking about trades. I'm going to have Philip Rossman Reich of Locked On Magic on. We're going to talk about the potential of the Raptors trading down with Orlando. You, just, you, you um, mean 30 sure minutes on Terrence Ross? Ross will come yeah, up. Yes, yes, yeah. 30 yeah, yeah. minutes on I'm Terrence Ross. Certain Terrence Ross is going to be mentioned at some point. Yes. Uh, yeah, th- th- that's what's going on. Lots of draft profiles. Doing a Scotty Barnes episode with our Locked On Seminoles guy this week as well. And uh, yeah, plenty of stuff over there, Locked On Raptors. So go check it out. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Be well. Talk to you soon.